Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin and Will, and we're here on the end of a four game winning streak, baby. Dig that. Dig that. Get the shovel. Go outside. Get your hands dirty and dig that. Panther Nation, I think we got a quarterback. Panther Nation, we got a defensive line, defensive front, and a defensive scheme that is pretty much unmatched in the NFC South for sure. The Saints got a good defense. I've seen them. Their run defense is stout. But by God, we can get out to the quarterback and get on the run game. What's up? I'm loving it. So, we're here to talk to you, obviously, about what happened in old Jolly London. Um, and we're going to talk about some details, um, X's and O's in that matter. And we're going to preview, um, since we're coming up on the bye week, we're going to preview, uh, or I should say review, um, weeks one through, uh, what we're coming up, week six? Um, we're coming up on week seven, actually. Um, so we're going to preview uh, um, the, the uh, uh schedule up to up to this point um talk about the the rookies and talk about um the defense and offense and who's who's uh progressing and who's you know digressing and we'll just get into all that good stuff and we'll talk we'll talk in detail about Kyle Allen um we don't know you know we, we haven't physically seen Cam Newton on the field um moving around throwing the football so all we can do is basically speculate about what's going to happen with cam other than we know he's going to be practicing with us very soon um but we we have we have a lot on kyle and uh, we'll talk about that and we'll, we'll we'll dig into our own um, own feelings about the situation but um kyle allen folks <laughs> say what you want that kid can play that kid can play all right so First and foremost, we'll jump into that Tampa Bay game. <laughs> First play of the game. Ah! <laughs> that Bradbury, that bald boy. Get him, B. All right, so we'll start out with Kevin, and then we'll jump him in the wheel. Um, and we'll start with the defensive side of the ball because that was all over the place in old Jolly London. Yeah, buddy. So, Kevin. Um, your take on the uh, defensive side of the ball, man. I mean, we we saw we saw a lot of good things. So, uh, uh, give me give us your take, please, sir. Yeah, on the defense side of the ball, I mean, as you just mentioned from play one, we know we got the party started off just right. <laughs> Tampa Bay got the ball first. Mm-hmm. They came lined up, two tight end set. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston had that look in his face, so I knew we was gonna have one of them days. Mm. And straight to Q, James Bradbury intercepted Jameis Winston's first pass of the day. Mm. And that led to a defensive juggernaut that steadily built throughout the game and did not end until the final whistle blew in the fourth quarter. If you love defense, this was a clinic Carolina Panther style that, that you'd be hard pressed to find anywhere else in, in, in recent Panther memory. We're talking about seven sacks, Seven turnovers. I mean, you you really you really cannot ask for a better defensive performance far as getting to the quarterback and taking the ball away from the quarterback. Yeah, you'll look at the stat line and see well, Jameis Winston still threw for 400 yards. Yeah, but in, in 2019, yards, giving up a lot of yards doesn't have the significance that it once did as far as, you know, determining the outcome of the game. Because a lot of that was in the fourth quarter. They're trying to go back. They're throwing chunks. I mean, I'm not taking nothing away from them. They got two stud wide receivers in and Mike Evans and uh, what's the kid's name? Um, 
Chris Godwin. Yeah, Godwin. Yeah, Chris Godwin. Yeah, thanks, Will. But yeah, I mean, you know, both of them, if I'm not mistaken, I think both of them had 100 yards, if I'm not mistaken, receiving. So I know Godwin did. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, in the trenches at the line of scrimmage, you know, we let Tampa know who daddy was. I, I said in the last episode that this game was going to be personal. And for me, the defense emphasized exactly that. You know, we was on Jameis Winston's ass from from first play to the last, and, and I enjoyed every bit of it. From, you know, my man, Vernon Butler Jr., I'm going to have to pat my own self on the back, you know, sticking with my boy. You know, he's getting reps. I mean, he had a case of the deuces. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he had two sacks. He had two tackles for losses. He had two forced fumbles. And he had two other tackles. So, you know, he was all about, you know, he was all about chucking up the deuces on the field on Sunday. And I, and I like that. You know, big shout out to him. I mean, also, Gerald McCoy, he <laughs> he had to get back at him because he allowed himself to get suckered by an offensive lineman to draw a penalty that cost us that first game. And, well, he just decided to take it out on them this game with two and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for losses, uh, two quarterback hits. Uh, he even uh, batted down a pass and also had four other tackles as well. So, you know, just other dominance from our defensive, uh, from our defense on all levels, from defensive line to secondary. Linebackers kind of had a what you call a pedestrian day. I think Luke only had six tackles, and Shaq Thompson only had four tackles. But overall, they made plays when needed in, in other aspects. So, yeah, defense set the tone from the opening whistle, and it, and it led to uh, us having an epic day in jolly old London. Yeah, buddy. Man, you talking about a juggernaut, man. It's <laughs> man, good lord of mercy. That was that was beautiful. Oh, yeah, and the Panthers defense got me 28 points in fantasy, too. So ah. shout out. <laughs> I think the word is out. <laughs> Will, what was your take on the defense, man? Good lord of mercy. Now you really starting to see the impact of Ron Rivera taking over and calling the plays back in um San Diego. They were the San Diego Chargers back then. They he was one of the most, you know, top defensive minds in the NFL. That's why he was one of the hottest head coaching candidates when the Panthers hired him in 2011. So now that he's got complete control over the defense and calling the plays, it's felt that he put on his own defensive clinic um, against Jameis Winston yesterday. You know, Jameis is a guy, he does well against the blitz. I think he even had a perfect passer rating, but um against when you don't blitz them and make them think, you know, play those zone coverages, force them to fit the ball in the tight windows, you know, that's when he starts making mistakes. And I think that's how you have to defend Tampa Bay's offense. They're the fourth in the league in scoring offense. So just the way to beat them is, you know, force turnovers, get after the quarterback, get them flustered, you know, and make plays the way the Panthers were able to do. There's a couple of things that stood out, you know, just mixing up the coverages. He was four for 14 with four interceptions when he was forced to, throw the ball in a tight window. So that just shows you how the mixing up those zone defenses and forcing them to fit the ball and make decisions and think, you know, just had them confused and flustered for most of the day. On um, The Panthers also, you know, I like how he mixes up blitz packages. He doesn't blitz often. You know, they think the Panthers rank towards the bottom in terms of the number of times they blitz. But when they do blitz, they're one of the most efficient teams. Their blitz success rate, I think I saw today on ESPN, was like top five. So just the way Ron's able to mix up blitz schemes, mix up coverages, and do all these things, it's just, you know, good, fun to watch. Mm. And last year, I think it was just more of a, we didn't have the pass rush to really complement that zone defense on the back end. Because what's his zone defense without a pass rush? But you see the rotation he put together. It's good to have Bruce Irvin healthy. You know, I thought he had one of his uh, best games as a Panther yesterday, you know, showing good, you know, hand technique, getting guys off of him, getting after it. Gerald McCoy, he's probably the most consistent guy we got on the defensive line, Vernon Butler. And I think on our preseason podcast, I said it. There's times where Butler looks like the best player on the football field, but then he just disappears for long stretches. So I think if Vernon Butler can continue to play at this level, you know, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Because mm -hmm. think about it. You look at his size. Gerald McCoy just talked about how massive he was. And he's a big guy. 
you know, this is Gerald McCoy talking. He's not a small guy himself, but you combine Butler's size and then his feet, you know, he's got the feet of a KK or a Gerald McCoy. He just got the good skill set that could be able to translate and be a dominant defensive tackle. So overall, I'm pleased with what I saw from the defense. I think the only thing I'd like to see get better, I thought there were some coverage breakdowns. Mike Evans got loose behind Bradbury one time, Mm -hmm. things like that. And that seems like it's happening a little too often now. I think we got caught a couple of breaks with receivers getting loose in the secondary and the teams not being able to connect on those deep balls. So Mm -hmm. let's straighten up some of those coverage schemes and get ready for the 49ers after this bye week. Um. Now, as far as the offensive side of the ball goes, me, <laughs> well, 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 let's let's just talk about that. Let's just talk about that. I, I dig some Kyle Allen. I, I, I'm just going to put that out there. But let, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. Um, Kevin, if you don't mind, give us give us your your uh, your input on the trenches because um, there's there's a gentleman on our left side, buddy, that held it down in London. Yeah, that gentleman you will be speaking of would be. Our six-round pick out of the University of South Carolina. Mm. His name is Dennis Daly. Mm. But the way he's been performing, you know, we'd like to come up with some sort of a uh, little nickname for him. I don't know if Double D's or <laughs> or whatever D, D square, whatever you want to call him. But, Something. you know, he was rated, according to Pro Football Focus, the highest rated left tackle in the NFL. Whoa, 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 whoa. Say that again. According to Pro Football Focus, right, right. Mm-hmm. Dennis Daly of the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. making his second career start, mm. was graded by them mm. as their highest graded left tackle. Out of all left tackles that played Sunday, he was graded the highest one. I think they had him at a 87.3 or something like that. So mm. Mm. you're talking about someone that that pretty much put on a clinic and something that fans can catch, but I caught on Twitter. He was interviewed by, I believe, uh, Panthers beat writer Bill Volk and was asked about his performance. And he said he felt like he could have did a lot better. See, that's what I like. I like someone that even though they had a, a pretty damn good game to us, they thinking about the plays that they didn't make and how they can make it better. That type of attitude is going to take this young man very far in this league. I think that uh, with the doubt that was, you know, by some fans, even Panther fans about selecting him after we had already drafted Greg Little, it it just shows that that's why we're on the couch. You know, these couch GMs, these Madden franchise GMs, that's that's why we do our selections where we do because, you know, I trust our scouting department as one of the top ones and when we're able to get the players that we want and the and the get the coaches to work them up, I mean, my God, you know, you get results. I call it that Matsko magic, you know. But yeah, overall, you know, in spite of two sacks that was on Kyle, it was really covered sacks. That means that after five seconds, he couldn't find nobody open, and the defense eventually got to him. There's no offensive line <laughs> that's going to be maintain blocks for that long over a period of time on a consistent basis. So it wasn't that the fact that protection broke down, it was just pretty much ran out of time. Just for whatever reason, we couldn't get open on those two sack plays. So it's more so cover sacks than just uh, a blocking scheme breakdown. But overall, as far as the rest of the trenches goes, not a good day in the run game, but Tampa had the number two defense. I mean, they they sold out. Let's, let's just call it for what it is. And when I mean sold out, they put eight and nine players in a box a vast majority of the time. And with the Panthers, you know, we put in six and seven blockers up there. Somebody was going to get free. Now, if you know how to effectively work certain schemes, you can handle a loaded box, but we, uh, we, we just didn't have it in London, but their plan was to make Cal Allen beat us. And damn it, that's what he did. So <laughs> passing game, pass blocking, Gets a uh, gets a, a B plus from me, run blocking, you know, D minus. But the main letter that I'm happy about is the W that was flown back to Charlotte uh, via uh, Virgin Airlines. I believe was the ones that uh, took our boys over there and back. I think that's what Rara said. So 
yeah, I mean, as long as we came back across the pond with that W, that's all that matter. Like, like Will say, I don't care how it gets done. I just want that win. So we did enough to get the win. We got the bye week. We can get our minds right and uh, getting uh, look forward to uh, starting uh, to make that quote unquote playoff push. Love it, man. Yeah, this old line gelling. Oh boy. We got some young got some young legs out there on the left side too, man. Lord have mercy. Oh man. The communication up front is showing, folks. It's showing. Hey, Will, uh give us your give us your take on the offense, man. Yeah, overall, it was an efficient game. I mean, you can always find areas to improve. Um, I like that even though we couldn't get a consistent run game with CMC going this week, that you know, we got the ball in the hands of DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. They were able to carry a lot of the load uh, this weekend. We had a big day from both of them. Wait, Curtis had two touchdowns, right? The reverse yeah, and, reverse uh, and the, uh, catch, catch mate. Yeah, he had two. Right. And then I just think DJ Moore is quietly um, approaching that 1,100-yard receiving mark on pace for us. So McCaffrey is getting all the hype for the MVP, and deservedly so. I mean, he's having a monster year, but just under the radar, just keep an eye on DJ, you know, slowly creeping up on his first 1,000-yard season as an NFL receiver. So overall, you know, it was solid. I think although the run game wasn't productive, I think it was effective in the sense that we stuck with it, we were consistent with it, Tampa respected it, and it allowed North to open his offense and get the ball to playmakers, and we just so see an offense that can attack you in so many different ways now. So if you want to just pick your poison at this point. But the real person I want to talk about is Kyle Allen. Talk about it, bro. And I think I think it's sad that national media, local media, social media, you can't just give the kid credit without comparing him to somebody, projecting what his future NFL career will be. Mm. You know, is he have it or not? You know, so like, just feel like there's people that's just waiting for him to fail so they can say, I told you so, rather than just, you know, supporting this kid and what he's trying to do as his NFL career. We're talking about, you know, a high school, the number one high school quarterback coming out, throwing for over 8,000 yards. He just didn't get the right opportunity and land in the right spot in college. Mm. You know, he, Texas A&M, both him and Kyler Murray transferred. So he transferred to Houston. The coach at Houston that recruited him ended up taking a better job in Texas. So mm. Kyle Allen was left stuck in Houston and didn't really – <clears throat> gets a play for the coach that recruited him. So he goes undrafted, and he just co-signed by so many guys you respect. You know, Kurt Warner knew him <clears throat> back in Arizona in high school and just co-signed on his talent. Then you have uh, Jordan Palmer, who runs a quarterback school out in California, had Kyle Allen and first-round picks, uh, Josh Rosen and um, Sam Darnold. He said Kyle Allen was as good as every one of them, but he just didn't get the right opportunity and fall into the right situation in college mm. that just gives you the kind of idea this isn't some scrub we found off the street this is a polished kid with arm talent that just never got that opportunity in college and due to the nature <clears throat> excuse me of politics of the game you know they make assumptions about so you got that stigma he didn't produce in college mm. so what can you do in this level as far as the game i thought this was his best game as a panther so far not in a sense of statistics but just the poise he shows, the pocket presence, the awareness, you know, the accuracy, getting the ball to his playmakers. He plays within the system. He's like an extension of North Turner on the field, and he's just able to find the open guy. And I think what stood out the most is just think about the uh, four wins that he's had this year. Three of them were on the road, one in Arizona, one in Houston, and going to London and to get another win. Hmm. So these are road trips far from home. He's able to keep his composure. Stay poised, go to the and these hostile environments and win games for this team. Mm -hmm. So I just think he deserves credit on his own. He's his own man, his own quarterback, and he's helped contribute to these four wins. So, you know, just give the kid credit. You don't have to feel guilty or ashamed. You know, you're not turning your back on Cam Newton by just saying, you know, good job, Kyle. You know, we took a 0 2 team, revived them, went on a four game winning streak, and we're in a good situation going into the bye week. I mean, you can't ask for anything better, man. You know, I I think at the beginning of the uh, the season, I think we projected um, going in, going into the bye week, uh, we'd be somewhere around four and two. Um, so I mean, we're 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 right on schedule of what we thought would would happen. Um, 
And even looking at those two losses, whether you're going to put it on Cam Newton or not, folks, we still could have won those football games. So, you know, it, it, it speaks volumes about what we got around Kyle and seeing Kyle in action speaks volumes about what we can do going forward. I, I think I think we're really, really, really lucky to have Kyle on this team. Um, and, you know, it's amazing that, you know, we almost didn't have Kyle. <laughs> if Heineke would have worked out, who knows what this season would have been like um, if he didn't get hurt last year and he, you know, finished out the season um, instead of Kyle coming in. So, um, wow. Four and two, going into the bye week, going to San Francisco. And we'll talk about that, obviously, um, sometime. But right now, we're going to enjoy what we've seen so far. And in London, <laughs> we saw some good stuff. We saw some, we saw some good. We saw some great stuff too. And you know, looking at the uh, interviews at the end of the game, especially with FA, big shout out to FA, man. I, <laughs> that that kid's heart was in it, man. And, and did you guys did you guys get to catch that film um, of him exiting the stadium? And that place went nuts. Yes, sir. man. Yeah, I did too. That was a that was a sight to see. That was. And, and it, yeah, and you know what? That may have been "quote unquote" the Bucks "quote unquote" home game because they was the home team in this because they gave up a home game. But uh, shout out to anyone that's a member of the Roar and Riot, oh, to yeah. anyone that's listening that went. Uh, that that felt like uh, Bank of America um, due east. <laughs> you know that uh, that I mean from watching the game. I mean I kept constantly hearing. Keep pounding and lose. Yeah, lose. <laughs> steadily throughout the game, man. I'm like, hold up, am I hearing this? I'm like, man, turn up the surround sound a little bit. Let me let me make sure I'm hearing this right. And then and show us show us the road go by the church, man. It was a keep pounding chance, and and the, and every time Luke Keekley made a play, so uh, yeah. yeah, man, it, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was a road game, but uh, it was home for us. It sure was, man. It sure. You, Rich Eisen was um was was um commentating the game and uh he had to keep he had to keep explaining to folks that they're not booing because that's how loud it was and they're not booing folks now that's that's luke for luke keekley yeah roaring riot flexing out there man i think that there's a german chapter of the roaring riot that that was out there for that game too if i'm not mistaken shout out to them um yeah it was uh germany it was uh costing one and um England, mm-hmm. and I believe there was—I think they got one in France. It was about four or five Roaring Riots of different um, European nations that were um, in attendance, uh, based on what I read. So, Beautiful. you know, this 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 Panther Nation is more than just the Carolinas. It's more than just the the dirty South and just the U.S. I mean, you know, Panthers' love is is international. You know, so yeah. we hey, we got to brace, we got to. You know, shout them out, man, because, you know, hey, we all family, you know, once them boys step on the field. Ain't that the truth. Heck yeah, man. Um, so hey, that was that was a beautiful thing, man, you know, to, to have that for F.A. and the Roaring Riot and everybody. Man, yeah, it, it did feel like a home game. It, it, it did. It did. Um, I think Trey, Trey Boston said it's, they, he thought they, they were the London Panthers uh, at one moment. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slow down there before Roger Goodell starts putting us there, man. Head, like they do the London Jaguars, quote unquote. <laughs> For real, I think Jags have been there the most, right? And they go to London every other year. It seems like yeah, they Jesus go every Christ. year. Jesus, I think they play down there in two weeks. Lord have mercy. Is, isn't their owner? Isn't he from there? Uh, what's his name? Mm. Shaw. Yeah, he's trying to make London like the second adopted home of the Jaguars. Mm. So he's just trying to build that fan base out there. But I really like, though, they um, pre-game, they surprised F.A. Went behind his back and made him honorary captain for the yes. game. So that was another yes. good thing I thought they did. That was beautiful, man. Nobody saw that coming, man. That was that was That's huge. That's huge. Folks, just to give you a heads up, there, there's a video coming out about this game um, brought to you by the four-man rush. Um, but one of the clips that I that I saw was um, was F.A. giving a breakdown at the beginning of the game, um, and you know he he, he expressed to the fellas, you know, the D line crew, um, how you know 
he knew that he knew that they that they knew this was a big deal for him, but he told him to forget all that. We have a bigger goal at stake, and he wanted he needed all of them, and it's about family. And they they was gonna go out there and put in work. And sure enough, oh my gosh, poor Jameis. <laughs> Poor, poor Jameis. Hey, personally, I, I hope the Bucks resign him to a max deal. I want to see oh. this Jameis for the next six years because he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay yeah, the that's man. That's what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone that's get word to Bucks, hey, please resign Jameis by all means, you know. <laughs> and speaking of the Bucks, it was just released. I was looking uh, while you fellas was talking here. Uh, Jerry McCoy was mic'd up for the game, so after we finish this podcast, I'm going to enjoy listening to that piece of commentary right there. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be in the video. I'm glad you said that. Now I got to go back and edit this bad boy. Dadgummit. <laughs> Man, when you watch that defensive line on film, it's just every play, Jameis is getting knocked off his spot, got to step through the pocket, step, shift left, shift right. And he's looking downfield, trying to find somebody open. But then on the back end, Ron's mixing up those coverages. So now Jameis thinks he's got a guy here. But no, no, wait a minute. He's not where I expected him to be. Mm. Now he's got this pass rush breathing down his neck. The mm. coverage got him confused. I mean, it was just a great – Ron put on a clinic that game, man. He, clinic. Man, it's a joy to watch. It is, man. It's and something else I, I did not know. I did not know the stadium that was that there that we've been pl- that was played in. Mm-hmm. It was built specifically for to be able to handle um, NFL games. I mean, of course, you know they do the soccer there as well. But it's just crazy that they only play four games there a year. It's called the London Series. But the impact of the NFL was enough for them to put that. I thought that was a very beautiful stadium, by the way. And did y'all get a chance to see what the locker rooms look like? I was like, oh. I bet Tepper was taking notes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah, this 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 will look good in uh in the uptown area when he uh yeah. when he uh built his. Yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was just a thing. That that's that was a beautiful stadium we played in, and very high tech, very mm-hmm. just laid out, and it was just packed to the brim. I'm like, damn, yeah. like I don't even see no empty seats. Like yeah. the support was 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 there. I love it. I love it, man. You know, and and to be honest with you, you know, for for our location, that flight isn't quite as bad as it is for for a lot of other NFL teams. So, um, who who knows, man? Might head up, head back out there next time they uh, they got a game out there. All right, so you guys want to touch on the defense or the offensive side in terms of um um doing a a review? We'll start with the um defense. Defense, it is. Defensive line, progress or digress? Domination. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes I just catch myself being a fan of just watch the four defensive linemen. I don't even care where the ball goes. It's yeah. like yeah. off the snap, these guys got just such, I mean, Burns, McCoy, even Poe in there eating. I mean, it's just a joy to, I mean, Christian Miller when he's healthy, Bruce Irvin when he came back. These guys just fire off the ball. Mm. You know, they're fast off the ball. They're athletic. They're like sprinters running after the quarterback. Mm. You know, the hand technique they got to get rid of offensive linemen, it's just a joy to watch. You know, the team, they lead the league in sacks right now with 27. They're on pace for 72. Mm. I think Larry had predicted 70 He did in an earlier podcast. But, man, I just think there's not really much complaining I could do about the Defensive line right now. I mean, the run defense I th- was better against Tampa, if I recall. So that's a positive sign. And maybe more discipline with their pass rush lanes. Quarterbacks you know, have a tendency to be able to move around the pocket a little too freely and find those creases and give up those you know, quarterback scrambles. But that's, you know, that's nitpicking. These guys have been balling so far to start the year. Kevin? Yeah, I, um, you know, I'm right along with it. You know, as far as the defense – particularly, you know, with the line. Uh, one thing that hasn't been touched on that was a significant move with all the changes Rivera made all season was, you know, a lot of people want to say he got demoted since Ron is a play calling, but you can tell that Eric Washington has his hands on the defensive lineman yeah. again. You you can really tell that, that, that by the way that they are attacking and getting off the ball and just really – 
not too often getting caught out of place. I mean, throughout a game, yeah, you're going to have some bad plays. You're going to get blown off the ball or you're going to miss some. It, it happens. It's, I mean, you're not going to be 100% every game because the other team is paid to make plays as well. But, you know, shout out to Eric Washington for, you know, getting his hands back on the defense. line. You can just really tell that his fingerprints is all over the success that the defensive uh, line is having. I mean, think about it. We lost a, a, a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. And can you really tell that we missed a beat with short out? <laughs> think, think about that now. That's real. You know, I mean. That's real. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, whether it's 40 fronts, 30 fronts, you know, hell, what, what, whatever combination is, is charted out there, you know, just, just big shout outs, you know, to him. And, and also I got to give love to, you know, Shaq Thompson, who, for those of y'all, if y'all haven't heard by the time this podcast oh, yeah. um, is, um, Condolences to his family. Yeah. Uh, shortly after the game, he found out that his mother, who was living in California, which is where he's from, uh, she passed away. Mm-hmm. I-, I can't imagine to go from the joy of winning the game to hearing your mom passing. I, as someone that's um, who lost my father in my twenties, I can uh, I can definitely relate to that. You know that shock and that sudden pain. Mm-hmm. So you know, condolences to uh, to the Thompson family and. You know, made a, you know, thoughts and prayers go with them and through their time of bereavement. But, um, but yeah, shout out to Shaq Thompson so far for stepping in because, I mean, you're going to have, I mean, we have people that's, you know, I'm a Thomas Davis fan, but with Shaq's play, you really can't be like, and I wish we had Thomas Davis out there. He'd have made that play. You, you haven't been able to say that this year with, with Shaq. I mean, him and Luke Keekley is just pretty much carry on with, what uh, Luke and um, TD had all these all them years together, and with this being his fifth year, I, I definitely think that he's played himself into securing securing the bag for himself. So, you know, I definitely um, I definitely uh, like the play of, of of the linebacker play so far. Wow. And um, you know, once Bruce Irvin got healthy, he he made an impact plays the couple games he's been back in. Brown Burns, what defensive rookie of the month? I mean, yeah. it's so many, so many bullets we can put in the clip to shoot at these uh, opposing offenses, man. I, I love it, you know. And, and Will, if you want, you can touch on the the defensive bats because I know you follow them and you you know cover this a lot as far as uh, the play of you know safety, nickel, and and, um, and corner, man. Yeah, you know, with the corners, what can you say? I mean, James Bradbury and Dante were playing great football. You know, Dante before he got injured. For the most part, you know what I mean? They had the ups and downs. You know, life of a cornerback, I hate how people judge cornerbacks. Oh, he got beat. You know, you know that's, that's the life of a corner. You shake it off, you get up, and you get back at it. You know, when you look at their overall body of work for James Bradbury and Dante Jackson, they both played extremely well. And I think, you know, the, I mean, it's consistent with what I've seen. According to Pro Football Focus, they both rank in the top 25 in terms of the highest graded corners in the league. So that just tells you the kind of season those guys are having. But Dante goes out, and now you got this guy, Ross Cockrell, coming off a broken leg, who stepped in and played extremely well for the last couple of weeks. You know, he's a very, they call him pro just because of the way he handles himself as a professional ball player, but he's out there making plays, very cerebral, smart corner. If there was a weakness, oh, Nickel, I mean, JV and Elliott actually had his first interception. So I think I'd like to see him coming along. I think he has the, um, athleticism and skill set to be able to be effective in that role because he had some struggles early on to start the year. Mm-hmm. There was a weakness. I just think we need more consistent safety play. And I think that was kind of our concern all off season. Mm-hmm. I thought Eric Reed, um, you know, it was one play in this game. He came in with his head down. Guy made a miss and gave up a big uh, chunk play there. And I think Trey Boston has that issue too mm-hmm. at times, you know, so I think we just need more consistent safety play from the defense. So other than that, though, I mean, they, they reach had some good games. Trace has some good games as well. So I've been pleased overall with the secondary, but I think the strength of the defense is still comes down to the linebacker play, Luke Eakley and Shaq Thompson. You know, I think this is the best linebacker duo in the NFL. The defensive line is arguable. There's some very good defensive lines out there in the league right now, but I think the linebackers, Luke and Shaq, are the undisputed best linebacker duo in the NFL. And I can say that with confidence and not being a homer on that one. Period. That's real. 
Um, and Keekly is having a damn good year as well, by the way. Um, if I'm not mistaken, him and Shaq are, are both in the top top five, possibly top ten for sure, in tackles so far. Um, and another thing people don't realize, um, and it gives me, it gives me gives me chills to see him out there too. The communication, oh my gosh, the safety's talking to the linebackers, linebackers talking to the D line, the corners talking to the safe. That the communication is is, is darn near impeccable, folks. And when you're on that type of when you're on, when you're dialed in like that. And and you you can trust your teammates to be where they're supposed to be, and you are doing your job. That is what eliminates mistakes, and that's what puts offenses in the blender. And going forward, that's not going to change. That's only going to get better. Um, so this this defense, it, I I mean I knew they were going to be good. You know, just going off of what I'm reading and talking to you guys. But but to sit here and watch it for for you for myself, man. Oh Lord, I can't I can't remember when this defense was this good. I mean, twenty. Don't get me wrong. Twenty fifteen was magical. Don't don't get me wrong, folks. Twenty fifteen was magical. But this defensive front was not this deep. Not with the youth and the and the experience mixed in together like this. It was nothing like this. This is scary. Bruce Irving. Yeah, I was going to say that when you brought up 2015, I just thought the difference, I think, is the athleticism and speed you have coming off the edge. Yeah. You know, in 2015, we had those strong edge setters, the Jared Allen and mm-hmm. the um, Charles Johnson. Charles, yeah. So those are your big, uh, strong edge setters, you know, run defense. So we ran that 4-2, I think we ran a 4-2-5 nickel package primarily mm-hmm. in 15, but now... You just got these fast, athletic guys that can drop into coverage, come off the edge like sprinters. Mm. So versatile. There's so many different ways, mm. you know, you can attack. Yeah, and another thing is the fact that, um, you know, just like like Roman saying, he wanted guys like with position flexibility. I like the fact that, you know, with Brian, for example, Brian Burns. And by the way, it's been tripping out. I don't know if y'all been noticing on Twitter. Huh. I see the fans of several teams that picked ahead of us. Swear to God, they wish they would have tried to pry Burns, and I just be like, "Hmm, well, oh well, yeah, sucks for you." You know, shout out to uh, yeah, shout out to Martin Herney for for pulling the deal on, on that one. I, I even saw some I, my cousin who's a Jaguar fan said, "Man, I wish we'd have drafted Brian Burns instead of Josh Allen." Man, Burns making plays, Allen he he didn't miss, so you know, hey, you know, it is what it is, but. Yeah, man. I mean, even guys like Marquise Haynes, uh, you know, it's good to see him getting reps and out there contributing. And and it, what I like is the fact that even when the stats doesn't show, you know, like Rivera said in the press conference today, the eye and the sky don't lie. And I just like the fact that these guys that didn't uh, didn't have a chance to really do much last year with this new defensive scheme right now, they're, they're really putting in work and they're really – affecting plays and 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 they're doing things that the statistics won't won't give them credit for but here at the foreman rush we dash are gonna make it known of their of their impact and I, I just like the fact that you know the guys they're not they're they're not complacent with this as as fans we're hyped we're thinking we're seeing something imagine they keep saying nah we we just scratched the surface so I don't know if I want to be nervous or, or excited. <laughs> you know, we're talking about, what, 27 sacks, 14 yeah. interceptions, yeah. and six games. Oh, Lord. I mean, if you want to project, <laughs> what, so after, what, 12 games, what, 54 sacks, <laughs> 28 interceptions? I mean, hey, I mean, it could be, like, Madden rookie-level video games number with this defense if they keep that type of mind frame and work ethic. Man, I'm... Hey, this I, I try not to get ahead of myself. I like to stay in the moment, but uh, it, it's reason to be optimistic and kind of play the what if game based on what we're seeing from this uh, Panthers defense so far. But you know, we we just try to be one and zero each week, and we're just going to add up all these one and zeros and see where it takes us. Yeah, they had a good interview with Ron Rivera today. He talked about the guys that influenced them coming up. He said Jim Johnson from the Philadelphia Eagles back when Andy Reid was their coach in the mm-hmm. McNabb days. Mm-hmm. So with uh, Jim Johnson, he was known for an aggressive zone blitz style defense. 
And then he talked about Lovey Smith, who was with the uh, one of the um, starters of that Tampa two defense, mm-hmm. where you drop your linebacker. It's a cover two with the linebacker playing that deep center field. So he just has all these guys. He's incorporated all their schemes into one, and he's just you know you just see all of these different elements of those schemes built into what Ron's trying to do here, and then how he was able to finally get the pieces and the chess pieces to be able to you know detach offenses in different ways, mix up his coverages in different ways. It was just kind of like a modern day, you know, hybrid defense that he's created. I just think it's a piece of art what he's put together here. Yeah, indeed, man. yeah and to add on to that, he also mentioned, because uh, I heard an interview as well, he also mentioned Buddy Ryan, uh, someone else that um, that he got, got his defense knowledge from. And also Wade Phillips when uh, when he was at San Diego. He even mentioned that some of the things that they were successful with in the game in London, he 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 got from the Wade Phillips uh, playbook. Particularly, he mentioned you know when they're able to go to the thirty fronts. You know he liked the fact that he was able to use a lot of um, three four base personnel this game, which I saw primarily when we were in base. It wasn't the four three folks; it was the uh, the three four, and and I like that. You know this this is that that hybrid mix that that that's going to allow us. I feel like to you know, stay in the game and, you know, I understand that, you know, everybody's, you know, the phases may have down days or not at their best, but my God, it's just hard to imagine this defense having too many bad days. It's, it's just, it's just really not because it's just so many, we're not just depending on three or four players to, to carry the success. I mean, there's literally nine, 10 players on when you think about all three levels that, can make huge impacts in different positions. And I and I just think that um, Rivera drawing from the, all those different people, like Will stated, Lovey Smith, Jim Johnson, and Buddy Ryan and Wade Phillips. I mean, you're talking about four of the greatest defensive minds this game has ever seen. And, and, and Rivera's having fun playing chess now. I'm glad that he uh, put down the checkers and picked up the, picked up the chess this year. Easier to play chess when you have – have the pieces to play chess with, man. You know, um, he, he he absolutely does have a lot more to work with, uh, without a doubt. And and him him and uh, him and Coach Washington working together is 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 very very important, very important. Right. And before we move to the offense, I can't let us talk about the defense without giving Perry Fuel a shout out for what he was able to do hmm. with the secondary. You just see so much better technique from the corners this year. The he has a role in the coverages, how they, you know, I just, you see the, you can really see the impact he's had on that defense as well. Mm. And that is important. That is important. Yeah, Brad Brad done learned to turn his head around for you, Will. So, hey. <laughs> and, and them ball skills. And them ball skills done improved. Well, you catch it. Hey, don't throw the ball over there. Do not. Don't do it. Billy. Nah, I want you to. Please, by all <laughs> means. Nah, come on with it. Come on, Cletus. Come on. Shoot, come hey, on. Matter of fact, Matter of fact, if you don't throw it over there, go ahead and throw it to Cockrell. Go ahead. Go ahead. Play games. <laughs> go ahead and play games. You want to snatch that too. <laughs> I mean, dude, this this secondary is real. I mean, it's it's real. I'm I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving it. I know one thing. Uh I, I appreciate Dante Jackson showing us his vertical leap in Arizona, but if that's gonna cause you to miss this many games, yeah, bro, bro, just back the ball down, bro. I I you know, look, we, we we can move the ball on offense. Let them punt, man. I, 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 yeah. It was a great highlight, but if if it's going to have your groin messed up for the next three weeks after that, man, mm-hmm. hey, just do like Luke Keighley did. Just back the ball down. Just, down. Hey, I'm, I'm, let's, just, let's just go home. <laughs> <That's you know? laughs> I'm done. That was funny. <laughs> why'd you, why'd you, why didn't you catch the ball, Luke? Man, I just want to go home. Man. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> That was funny. Luke is so humble, man. He's a cool dude. Bro. I, I like I like to sit down and have a beer with Luke. He's funny. He's a funny guy. Um, see, so and of course, you know, Reed and Trey, again, you know, they 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 they're the they're the back end on on that defense, man, but they're they're keeping it all together, man. It's from from top to bottom, this whew, Jesus Christ. This this could potentially be the best defense the Carolina Panthers have ever had, top to bottom. Um, I know we've we've had now. 03 was a special year. I mean, that was a really good defense. That front, oh my gosh! I mean, that 
you know, you got a couple of Hall of Famers on that front, but this is this is unique. This is really with Burns and Irvin and and you know Mario ain't getting his respect, but Mario is balling out there, folks. He, I mean, he not he might not be getting sacks like that. Well, excuse me, hold on, let me let me, let me retract that because he was he was in the top five in the league in sacks going into this past game. So, um, but Mario Mario does a lot of other things, especially with those stunts that get people to the quarterback. Um, a little, a little, a little more cleanly, I guess you could say, than than you know having to go against double teams, things of that nature. If you would look at the off, I mean, yeah, if you looked at the offensive line from the Tampa game for the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know they were scheming when Burns was on that field. They were scheming, trying to find out where Burns was, just to make sure they got enough protection over there, and it, it was it was amazing. Yeah, what Ron likes to do. He'll put three, like on third down pass rush situations, especially. He'll put like a Burns and Haynes on the edge, and he'll move Mario as like a stand up three technique, mm. so he can have a one on one pass rush situation against an offensive guard, and that's proven to be very effective so far. That play, that Burns returned the sixty yard fumble return for a touchdown against Jacksonville, that was one of those situations where Mario Addison lined up as that stand-up free technique, just bull rushed Andrew Norwell right into Minshew Mania, and Burns was able to pick up the fumble and return it 60 yards the other way. So mm-hmm. just the different combinations that he's been able to use has helped make this pass rush so effective. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The, the coordinators can't key on one player because he, he uses so many different formations in terms of personnel. <laughs> it's hard to key on one guy. That's right? Absolutely. Yeah, and one last shout out to Eric Washington. Rivera also said today that yeah, he makes the calls, but Eric Washington designs a lot of these uh, defensive, you know, different uh, play designs and stunts and things like that. So you know, a lot of people wanted to piss on Eric Washington, you know, when the uh, when we had the skid last year and the defense wasn't you know putting up the gaudy numbers, but you know, shout out to Rivera from you know you know not. You know, not listening to the noise and knowing the man that he's had a bus along him the whole time. Because, you know, when you talk about the success of the Panthers defense, yeah, Rivera's calling plays, but you know, you got to give just as much, you know, credit to Eric Washington for doing a lot of the uh, engineer work behind the scenes. You know, Rivera's kind of like the architect with the play calling, mm-hmm. but it's, it's Washington who's been the engineer who's who's making these uh, play calls work with the with the with the uh, different designs that he put together so i just thought fans should know that you know when you get rivera love for the defense make sure you slide some of that love on over to washington eric washington as well because he's definitely a a vital piece to this defensive success that we're enjoying that's that's a great analogy yeah the architect and the engineer you know one, one can't one can't exist without the other that's a great way to put it man all right so offensive side of the ball <laughs> well three letters CMC, or you can put it as MVP, however you want to do it, because <laughs> that dude is acting a fool. That dude is acting a fool, but it wouldn't happen without the offensive line. Matt Sko, folks, that's the name you need to think about right there. Y'all want to speak about that? Yeah, allow me. I mean, John Masco, one of the most revered offensive line coaches in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, he's been mastering the offensive line for over 30 years. He's got a couple of first ballot Hall of Famers uh, on his resume that he has helped coached up. You know, the one that uh, Will just mentioned, um, for example, Andrew Norwell was an undrafted free agent out of Ohio State, and he managed to turn him to one of the biggest free agent acquisitions a couple of years ago. So, yeah, much success got to go to John Masco in the, for the offensive line. Now, don't get me wrong, it's still a lot of work to to be done. We're, even with the success that Chris McCaffrey is having, a lot of it is off of his sheer ability. Now, there are moments when the offensive line is clicking and they're gelling that they make it a lot easier for him. But, you know, as we watch the film and break it down and, and see what's going on, it's, it's definitely some some room for improvement, but I feel like we had a caliber of players that once we get it to click and get the right players in, you know, we may see 
better version of CMC than what we're already seeing now. I like the fact that with Matt Paradis, that he's he's getting himself back into playing shape, recovering from a broken leg. I love the fact that Darrell Williams is no longer playing left tackle. As our own North Stonewell would say, Darrell Liability Williams. <laughs> That's the term he came up with him because he's definitely a, by far the weakest link on the field, whether he's at left tackle or right guard. He's someone that's just, uh, when Trey Turner comes back and the way Daly is playing and how Little's playing for his concussions, folks, don't be surprised if Darrell Williams is not sitting on the bench. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just, we're just, you know, just, we're just keeping it real, Sorry, as they say. But, but overall, though, you know, we're making work with what we got, and if we're having this type of success and we still see the mess that we got to clean up, it can only get better from here. So I definitely look forward to to the offensive line improvement. Um, unsung hero, Greg Van Roten, you know, the last uh, this season and last season has played every single snap at left guard. Mm. Could we get a talent up right there? Yeah, there's, there's, there's other talented players out there, but we're talking about a guy that's grown into to have some nasty in him. He's a smart player. I've seen him on several plays where he start off helping Paradise and then flip on over to help out the left tackle as well. I've even seen him on a pull block on a play action go all the way across the formation to pick up a, a blitzing either linebacker or a safety. You know, so he's a guy that's that's definitely got ability to to impact the game. And I know pro football focus doesn't think highly of him. And, you know, he does have his moments where he has some struggles. Like I said, nobody's going to play 100% on their snaps. But overall, he's someone that I feel like is an asset. He could play his way into a, a free agency contract somebody else. Personally, I hope we keep him. But, hey, we'll worry about that down the road. But as of now, Greg Van Roten is definitely probably the unsung hero of the, uh, of the offensive line. Uh, with Trey Turner been out the last few games, but – before he was out, he was Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl Turner that we've all known to expect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely hope that after this bye week, uh, the ankle issue that he has, and it was never stated what type of ankle injury. Was it a high ankle sprain or what? It's just always been an ankle injury. I'm, I'm hoping that he's uh, going to be 100% ready to go. Taylor Moten seems to kind of figured it out. He, he was up and down a lot the first few games, but it seems like the last few games he done settled down. And if I'm not mistaken, the Panthers' offensive line is either the second or third least penalized offensive line in the league. So, you know, shout out for for the discipline that that our offensive line is showing. Yeah, that's lovely, man. Cutting down on those cutting down on those mistakes are critical, man. We can't we we can't we cannot have mistakes. Um, Will, uh, your take on the offense so far? Um, you can talk about CMC if you want to, however you want to do it, bro. I mean, CMC, you know we. Talked about him a lot before. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's an MVP candidate, done his thing. You know, I mean, he's just – I like to see how the offense runs through him now. Yeah. And I think when, if, you know, I'm speculating, if Cam is able to recover, have a successful surgery and play for the team again this year, mm-hmm. you know, I just think having the offense run through CMC will take a lot less pressure off of him. So it'll be beneficial. But we'll address that down the road at a later time. Mm-hmm. But I think the offense, to put it in a nice way, I still think it's a work in process. You know, early in the season, they were the weak link. You know, the turnovers in the red zone cost us the Rams game. You know, poor play calling down in the red zone cost us the Bucks game. You know, the Texans game, we had three turnovers again. You know, it was a 16 to 10 win, but, you know, we killed our, we're killing ourselves week after week. Jacksonville again, the fumble, I think we had a fumble in that game. But I think the good news is we're trending in the right direction. I thought we finally saw some good things against um, Tampa Bay, but still struggling to establish that consistency. But I think that's what's going to come with Kyle Allen continuing to get more comfortable in the system, you know, slowing the game down for him and being able to be, you know, more consistent and make plays, you know, outside and get the ball to playmakers outside of Christian McCaffrey. So I just think, you know, I like seeing how we have other guys be able to step up the last couple of weeks. And I just think we haven't even really touched the tip of the iceberg yet. It's an offense that has a lot of potential, but I think it's also come along a little bit slower than the defense. 
if that makes sense, as we started the season. So I just think we just got to stop shooting ourselves. I think the toughest opponent on our schedule is ourselves. What I mean by that is both losses were self-inflicted mistakes, red zone turnovers, mm. you know, missed throws, missed blocks. Missed field goals. So I just think execution issues, you know, still linger. We had some drop balls. I mean, Jerry is right, dropped a beautiful dime from Kyle Allen in between that you know, cover two that Tampa was running. So I just want to see the offense continue to evolve and just develop better, consistent execution. So the outlook for the offense to me isn't as positive as the defense that's just been, you know, outstanding for the first part of the year. I think this is the unit needs more work coming along a little bit slower, but I'm starting to see some good things and we're trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trending in the right direction is, is exactly where we're going. Um, four game winning streak, putting up points on people. Um, but, but like you said, man, we, if we can fine tune this offense and where they, where they're clicking um, on the same almost on the same level as this defense is. Oh my gosh, man. Oh my gosh. I I don't see I don't see anybody in in the NFL that could I'm don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not being a homer here, folks. Just I'm just thinking about matchup. Running back, O-line, defense. There's not too many teams in this league that I'm like, okay, there's no way in the world we can beat them. Any given Sunday, and this is the NFL, sure that that's the theme. But any given Sunday, you put this in, you put this football team up against offensively and defensively. We can we can play with anybody. That that's a fact. We've shown that we can get it done. Um, if they sh- if they put eight nine in the box, we've shown we can get it done. Norv is going to do do what what's right, and you know Kyle's going to execute. All right. If you want to, if you want to try to take away the passing game, Christian McCaffrey's going to make you pay, right? He could he could put up a, a buck plus. I mean, it, it's it's possible. It's possible. Um, we give Kyle Allen a pocket, he'll rip you apart, folks. I mean, that's 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 just how it is, right? And I don't see any, <laughs> I don't see any offensive line keeping keeping our defense off off of their quarterback. That that ball's got to get out real fast. And this year, I have to say, this defense has tackled better than the previous, gosh, couple of years, effectively over. I mean, across the board, these guys tackle for the most part. Now, of course, as you guys mentioned, we've had some, you know, some some lackluster plays on on, on when it comes to tackling um, the running back, especially. But I'm not scared of anybody. I don't you go run run tell Tom Brady that run tell Mahomes that run tell him ain't uh, nobody in NFL is is has has me on like oh shit I don't know I don't know if we can handle them dudes this team is for real folks in the words of the late great party Mac I ain't scared of you <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I can't let go is the job the third unit that Chase Blackburn has done for the special teams oh. unit. I think he a guy that just doesn't get enough credit for what he's been able to do. So we'll say before we go, I think we got definitely got to give him and the special teams unit oh, a shout out the block punts, the plays in oh. the I mean Ray Ray had that slip up, but he had to let him go to show that there's no tolerance for those turnovers, man. You know, you gotta take care of the football. Yes. So in the next couple of weeks we'll see if we sign a new punt returner. Yeah, peace and blessings, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fourteen. Sorry about that, bro. Um, but I, I know Kevin, you mentioned um, in the write up. I think I think it was on the Facebook page about um, the the kid. Uh, was Godwin? Is that his name? Yeah, Terry Godwin. Uh, Will had confirmed for me earlier this morning that he was on Jacksonville's practice squad, mm. and and I was thinking, okay. We make two roster moves today. We, we released Ray Ray McLeod off the 50 man roster, but we also released somebody from the practice squad. So there's some moves in the potential making. Um, now I don't know how it's going to play out, but I'm I'm definitely a fan of of Terry Godwin. I didn't see anything in the preseason or in training camp why he didn't earn a spot to be on be on this team. That was that if, of all the the roster moves that was made to get the final 53, um, not keeping him was definitely my, was my biggest shocker. So 
you know, call it a little bit of favoritism, bias, home or whatever. But I, uh, I definitely would love to f- if we could add Terry Godwin back to the uh, fifth round man roster, not only as a returner but someone that showed very solid hands as a as a receiver as well. And with Hogan out, you know, I know we run a lot of three wide receiver sets and things like that, but you know. God forbid something happened to one of them, then what? You know, so I, I definitely would like to, uh, as, I, as I like to say, keep as many, you know, clip bullets in the chamber as possible when it comes to uh, these, you know, position flexibility, being able to play returner and uh, wide receiver for us. But, yeah, uh, Terry Godwin's on the Jacksonville practice squad. I put it out there as my own personal preference. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Rivera mentioned there are guys on the team that could fill the role, and if the answer's on the roster, I mean, hey, who am I to, to question question it? But um, yeah, the, the part of me definitely wants uh, wants us to reunite with uh, Terry Godwin. So, what does happen, folks? Foreman Rush said it first. Yeah, and by the way, on the topic of are we on that topic of special teams? Leave Joey Sly alone. Kickers miss field goals. No, shouldn't <laughs> be putting them in that situation to begin with. No, get the ball in the end zone. Right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, but 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 he he the miss more kicks than than Gano did already all of last year though. You know, and they said Gano had to go. So mm. well, we we should get rid of Sly too, right? I mean, you know, I mean based on that theory. Yeah. <laughs> Man, these, these these emotional fans, man. These 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 yeah these yeah yeah stop, folks. <laughs> one kick, I mean, that uncontested one. I mean, I learned that myself. I, mean, I knew that the rule existed, but I never seen it in action. Yeah, like I never that. seen it in action. That's exactly what I was gonna bring. That was man. you know props to Chase Blackburn for getting that opportunity to put three points on the board before the half on that kick. He he just barely missed. But the miss on the extra points what got me the week the Jacksonville game. I think uh, at least kicked the extra points. You know. And, Try to keep that field goal percentage eighty five percent plus. Yeah. You know you're not gonna make every kick, but you know, nah. starting to miss a little too much for my liking. He, he gets in his head a little bit too much. Yeah, man. definitely. He gets but, in his head a little bit too much. You know, uh, this is first real opportunity, so yeah. You know, you take the good with the bad. Let's let's you know, I just let's just try to avoid it where it it, it comes down to, like you said, putting them in that position. You know, let's. Let's 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 kick extra points instead of field goals, you know. Mm-hmm. Nah, I definitely, I definitely agree on that shit. Um, well, fellas, and we're not going to get into the San Francisco game. We'll 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 uh, we'll get into that next week. Um, I mean, you, for the most part, San Francisco's a pretty good team. I mean that that goes without saying. Um, they got, they got another. Bum squad on their schedule this year too, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll get yeah, that the later. five opponents they played so far only got a total of nine wins, but we're we gonna let them be great. We'll we'll yeah. we'll talk more about that on on the next episode. But uh, yeah, yeah, nine wins on the five wins they got so far. But uh, yeah, that makes you legit. Hey. Keep that same energy. We'll 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 holler at you in two weeks for sure. For sure, we will be there early. You know, Ron. Ron likes to fly out early, man. He likes to get them acclimated. You know, you know, we like we like to get there and you know, make sure make sure the hotel room's all nice and comfy. We'll be there for a while to make sure we come in there and punch you in the mouth. <laughs> that's how that's how the Panthers roll, folks. Um, all right. So for the most part, folks, I believe I believe we uh we've said what we had to say tonight. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on? Yeah, I just want to say one thing. You know, I know there's a lot of uncertainty with the franchise, you know, the quarterback position, all these injuries. It's the Bible. Just sit back, enjoy this four-game winning streak, and, you know, be proud of what your team was able to accomplish in spite of the adversity that they faced this year. You know, you waited nine months for football season to start. You know, why look ahead to week 10? Let's soak up every week, enjoy it, and treat every week like it's the Super Bowl, you know? Just keep pounding and have fun with it. It's not that serious. Well said. Well said. At the end of the day, folks, it's it's the it's the Carolina Panthers. Win or lose, it's the Carolina Panthers. Regardless of who's at the head of the helm, it's the Carolina Panthers. At the end of the day, when I put my jersey on on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever day it is, it's going to have that Panther logo on it, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Because... This, again, is the Carolina Panthers, and that's who we cover. You know, 
Um, and we're going to support whoever's on that team. Period. And we hope you guys do too. All right. So thanks again for uh, dropping by, folks, and listening to the uh, Four Man Rush podcast. Um, I hope we've uh, answered um, the questions that you have out there. And, you know, if not, um, you know, contact us. Of course, you can go to the uh, Facebook, uh, our Facebook page, or Instagram, Twitter. Um, and YouTube accounts communicate with us on our, on our podcast platforms on Podbean, um, iTunes, um, Spotify, um, and you know of course YouTube obviously again. And you know coming up on these these, these next couple of weeks, um, especially well excuse me ne- coming up next week of course is the bye week. Um, and but we'll we'll dig into um, the, the San Francisco matchup. And um, any news that any big stuff, big news that's that's, that's come up um, in relation to the Carolina Panthers. Um, so yeah. Oh, and of course, drop by our website, man. There's some great stuff on there. Great articles, great write-ups, um, and you know, check it out. Some good stuff. It's good stuff because um, you can only get this in, this type of insight on the Carolina Panthers through the Four Man Rush. So uh, make sure you are acclimated with all all the uh, the gifts that we have to give you guys okay cool all right um again thanks for dropping by and uh listening to this podcast whether it's the uh, morning afternoon evening or whenever you listen to this podcast make sure you will take care of yourself and as always keep pounding leave kyle allen alone that boy can ball Let's <laughs> have his moment, man. Shit, <laughs> let him play. Boy, man. boy, you got a long, tough road to get here. Like, man, I finally got my chance to start. Got fans over here acting crazy. Damn. Like, man, like you said, with him and Cam in the fan room eating veggie tacos <laughs> and laughing their ass off, man. I mean, like, fans, man, our fans are crazy, aren't they? Scrolling through his phone like, man, hey, Cam, look at this. Look, 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 look. look at this, look at this shit, bro. <laughs> they think we're making this controversy. They think we hate each other. Hey, Cam, Cam's, like, who the, Cam's like, who the hell's Monty Fetty? Cam's like, who the hell's Monty Fetty Jr.? Who the hell? <laughs> well, all that defending Monty do for Cam, bro. Cam, you just owe him a cigar or something. She love it, we out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we come in. The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Man Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Man Rush exclusively. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.